you can open up the Bible app and turn to Genesis 22. And this is the story uh, that we're going to go over of why Abraham was tested and why would Abraham in the right mind be willing to sacrifice his son Isaac, okay? Um, so I'm reading for them, like, like I said, the international version. And this is uh, Genesis 22, starting from verse 1. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, okay, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show you. Okay, interesting. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. The next morning, okay, he woke up early to go sacrifice his son. This is pretty weird, right? Well, let's continue reading. Uh, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Uh, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God told him about. On the third day, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, and he said to his servants, "Stay here with the donkey a while, and I will go. And I and the boy will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you." Okay. Some things I have to point out here. The number one, um, the number one point of this whole story I want to emphasize on is this is huge symbolism for Christ. This is huge foreshadowing for Christ at the cross at Calvary. Okay, now, now keep in mind, Abraham is promised from God. Um, he, God promised him to be a father of many nations. This is Abraham is the father of faith, not only for the Hebrew nation, but for the Christian nation. He is known as the father of faith, even for Islam. He is the foundation of Islam. Um, and the divide between Islam with Abraham and Christianity with Abraham or uh, Juda Judaism, uh, for that matter, is the differences of who believes is the real promised child, Ishmael or Isaac. Isaac was the beloved promised child and and for some reason in genesis 22 he calls isaac his only beloved son but even though ishmael the firstborn is technically the firstborn and that's a very heavy middle eastern tradition about the firstborn son that carries on tradition of the father now um now when we look at the verses in, in chapter 22 he mentions that isaac is his only son in verse 2 and go to the region of moriah and keep in mind, Mount Moriah is where Solomon, Solomon's temple was built. Okay, so this is this is all foreshadowing for the future. Um, and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show you. Okay, as a burnt offering. Remember that. And so here here's the interesting thing that Abraham said, In verse five. He says, "Said Abraham turned and said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey.'" While I and the boy go over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Okay, that is very interesting. So I, there's two things to, to conclude from that verse. One, Abraham believed God's promises so much that he knew that Isaac was going to come back with him. Either he knew that God wouldn't allow him to sacrifice him because Isaac is the promised child of the whole generation of, of uh, descendants that uh, that Abraham will 
bear fruit to? Or secondly, he would believe that if God has him kill his son, then he's believing that God is going to resurrect him. Okay, so these are the two uh, options. <laughs> that's, that's the only things I can think of, right? So he either knew that God was, wasn't going to allow him to kill him, or he knew that God was going to raise him from the dead. Because I'm a father. Now think about it. Now, now let's make a disclaimer. God will not tell you to do this today. Okay, this was just very symbolic for the coming of Christ, for the new uh, covenant coming with Christ. Uh, it's because this is Abraham just established a covenant of circumcision with the Father. So Jesus came, and uh, and Paul reveals the new covenant, which is a circumcision of the heart spiritually, right? So there's all kinds of symbolism. This is not literal. Okay, I will call CPS on you if you even think of doing this to your son. Because God told me, no, 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 don't be crazy. Don't be a crazy Christian. This is just symbolism, okay? God did not make Abraham sacrifice his son. He wasn't ever going to do that. But let's continue. So, verse 6, Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. He made the son carry the wood, just like Jesus, the son of God, carried the wood on the cross okay um as two of them went on together the father and the son were together going up mount moriah carrying the cross and jesus said in the book of john that you will leave me alone but do not fear my father my god he is with me the father never departed jesus at calvary so in verse six at the end of verse six the two of them went on together up the mountain Verse 7, Isaac spoke up to his father and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, uh, verse 8 says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. The two of them went on together, the father and the son going up the, the mount. And this was a prophecy about Jesus because other translations say that God will provide himself as a sacrifice okay that's another way to, to read that um god himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering but maybe it could also meant that god himself will be the lamb for the burnt offering god the incarnation of god through the son of man jesus christ will be the lamb of god as a burnt offering see all the symbolism here so i think this is why it's very important to break down the scripture and why not break it down and answer these hard questions of why people would ask why would God tell Abraham to do this? Because it's all prophetic and it's all symbolism of what is to come in Jesus Christ. So verse 9, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged wood on it. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, don't lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. God knew that Jesus, the son of God, God the son, is going to be have to be crucified one day. God is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the and the Omega. He knows all things, and He knew that one day He would have to go through that pain of the the Son being sacrificed and being crucified by their own creation. Right. So 
God is able to relate to the heart of Abraham because Abraham was willing to lay down his son's life, his most precious son, his beloved son. And, and in verse, uh, verse 16 of chapter 15 in Genesis, Ab Abram believed the Lord and created, and he credited to him as righteousness. Just because Abraham believed God, he was considered righteous. That's why he's known as the father of faith, father of faith to this day. Amen. So, um, but remember when Abraham said that God will, uh, will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, which is a prophecy for Jesus because he said a lamb. But in here in verse 13, Abraham looked up and saw in a thicket and saw a ram caught by the horns. So he went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide into this day on the mountain. And it is said on the mountain, the Lord will, it will be provided. Okay. Now keep in mind, God didn't say anything. Okay. God didn't say anything about taking a knife to his son. God said to offer him up as a living sacrifice, as a burnt offering, okay? Now, I know it's it's typical to stab and clean the, an animal right before, but I think it was also an act of mercy of the father of Abraham, wanting to have mercy to put his son out of his misery, to not be burned alive, to because that's that was a part of the tradition, to slay the animal, to slay the lamb before the burnt offering. And, and Abraham was willing to do it. So he either knew that God was going to stop him in time, or he knew God was going to raise him from the dead. Because you know why? And this is the biggest answer to this whole thing. Why in the world would someone, especially a father, would be willing to sacrifice their son? I'll tell you why. Because I want you to briefly scroll through with me through the Bible, through the book of Genesis, starting from chapter 12. Okay, I'm going to, only going to read you a few scriptures. Because Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteous because he just believed God he is the father of many nations he is the father of faith in in our word in our bible in Judaism in Muslim and in Islam I mean right because he believed God now why did he why was he comfortable with doing this with Isaac and I'm going to read a lot of scriptures to you to show you why Abraham was comfortable because God promised him that through this promised child and through his seed will come many nations and he knew that the only way that God's promise would come by is if Isaac lived did you guys hear that he Abraham knew that the promise that God gave him would only come to pass if Isaac lived that's why he was not scared of losing Isaac. That's why he was, he, he believed God. That's why Abraham is considered righteous. He believed God in, in chapter 12, verse two, when he was known as Abram, not Abraham yet, but God promised Abram in verse two, that I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you, right? Through, through all of you. Um, in verse, and let's go to chapter 13. When uh, In verse 14, when the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had departed from him, he said, look around from where you are, from the north, south, east, and west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring and your seed 
forever. And I will make your offspring or seed like the dust of the earth so that anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go and walk through the length and breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. He is saying that he's going to bless him with so many descendants in such a great nation that it will outnumber the, the grains of sand on the dust of the earth. Man, right? Okay, if, if that's not enough, let's go to chapter 15. When the Lord establishes the, um, his, his relationship with Abraham, his covenant. Uh, in chapter 15, verse 4, When the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Because Abraham was thinking about, Okay, I can't have a child. Am I going to have my servant be my heir? No. I am going to supernaturally cause you and your wife, even though you're 100 years old, I'm going to call, cause you and your wife to give birth to the promised child of the nations. And verse 5 in chapter 15, he took him outside and said, Look up to the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, So shall be your offering, um, offer, offspring. So shall be your seed. Isn't that beautiful? In verse 6, Abraham believed God and he, cred and he credited to him as righteous. Man, there's even more. And uh, even when Abraham jumped the gun and got and, and he said, okay, it's not going to be uh, uh, Abraham and, and uh, well, Abram and Sarai, actually, uh, not Sarah yet. But Sarai suggested, hey, why don't you go with the with your Egyptian slave girl and go with your servant girl and make a child with her? Because there's no way that God can make me and you have a child. So that's how Ishmael came about the firstborn. So when uh, when Hagar was running away from uh in verse eight she said i'm running away from my mistress uh sarai she answered the angel but the angel of the lord told her go back to your mistress and submit to her the angel added i will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count and the angel of the lord also said to her now that you are pregnant and you will give birth to a son and you shall name him ishmael for the lord heard of your misery and he will be like a wild donkey of a man, and his hand will be against everyone, and his everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Now keep in mind, this is the foundation of the nation of Islam. Doesn't that sound familiar? When he says that he will be like a wild donkey of a man, his hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. He will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Like just... That, that, that's the foundation of the nation of Islam, of, of their faith, is that it, it started with violence. And it started with, with just believing, just like I said earlier, the differences between the belief of the Middle Eastern tradition of is the firstborn, the actual called child and the promised child because of the firstborn, because that's what tradition says. Or is the promised child, Isaac, the beloved son, uh, through which um, the promise will be. And that's the lineage of Jesus. Um, and even with the covenant of circumcision in chapter 17, verse 3, Abram faced down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you, and you will be a father of many nations. So no longer shall you be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham, for I have made you father of many nations, and I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. Amen. That's a prophecy. That's that's the king. Uh, that's the lineage of the, the King Jesus Christ, King David, right? Uh, and I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between you and me and your descendants. Key word: descendants. After you, 
uh, for the descendants and then generations to come to be your God and your God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, of where now you reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Come on, man. So there's chapters and chapters of promises from God. Now, all these promises, are they in vain when God said, I want you to sacrifice your son as a burnt offering? I just read to you chapters of promises from God, of God's uh, promising to Abraham about his descendants, about they're going to outnumber the, the number of the stars in the sky and the number of grain of sand on the seashore. He's going to outnumber them through this promised child. And he knew Isaac was the beloved child. He knew Isaac was the promised child of covenant of which God was going to fulfill this promise. And not only in, in his lifetime, but in the lifetime to come, the coming of Jesus through the lineage of King David, all the way up to the, uh, to the lineage of King Jesus. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And that is why Abraham was more than willing to lay down his son's life because he knew either he knew God is not a liar. He knew that God was going to either resurrect him or he knew that God was still going to cause him to not to kill him because he said before that he's going to cause him to be the father of many nations and his descendants will be blessed. And he knew that all this, these major promises and all these great things was going to come from this boy, Isaac. And it took humility on Isaac's part to allow his father to bound him, to, to strip him, to sacrifice him, and to, to use that to establish a covenant. It's all symbolism. It's all foreshadowing of Jesus being submissive, being a son, to, to be willing to lay down his life unto the Father. Um, because that is what was necessary to establish a new covenant of which he foresaw our blasphemy and our hate that we would have for him. And out of the grace of God, that's a way to describe the grace of God. God is able to turn the ugliness and that, that was a mess into a message and turn the evil into a covenant and turn your mistakes into a testimony. You know, like God used our darkness we wanted to kill Jesus because he identified as God. And that was blasphemous to our ears. And we couldn't stand to live with him to hear that. So we killed him. But by the grace of God, he knew that was going to happen. And he established a new covenant of love. Not of thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that with the Ten Commandments. But to have love, perfect love that casts all out fear. That love will be the fulfillment of the law. To love your God with all your heart and strength. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. To love one another just as Christ loved us. That is the covenant. That is the foundation of everything that we believe. And that is why Abraham knew that he could trust God. That he was more than willing to wake up early, to gather his things, to go sacrifice his son on, type of, on, on the mountain of Moriah. Because he knew that God is not a liar. God is a God of promises that he will keep and the only way to fulfill the promises that God promised Abraham was to somehow let Isaac live and he did 
Amen. This is the fight of faith. I hope you learned something. God bless.